we live in a world where we don't do temple sacrifice. So these scriptures may seem strange or we may understand them on one level. And bear with me because I want to explain the background so you can kind of get what's going on here. Judaism believed that life resided in the blood. All blood belonged to God because all life belonged to God. A good Jew will, kosher meat is always cut and drained of blood before you eat it. And so if you want to draw near to God, what do you need to do? need to make an offering, and it needs to include what? Blood. Okay? It sounds disgusting. I can't even imagine the smell, particularly in a hot climate. But when you went to offer before God, you brought a turtle dove, you brought a lamb, you brought a goat, you brought something, and it was killed, and the blood was offered to God, and this was considered pleasing. This was considered pleasing, kind of magical thinking. And you couldn't buy those things with your regular coins. Why not? And you couldn't give money to God with your regular coins. Why not? Caesar! And what was on Caesar's coin? Caesar, he's the emperor. He's the grand high poobah. And he was considered what? A... God, you shall have no other gods before me, no graven images. You can't have these coins of the realm in the temple. You have to have money changers. You, this is a necessary part of temple life. Jesus knew it. You also needed animals to sacrifice. This was a necessary part of temple life. Jesus knew it. So what was going on? Why was he angry at this practice? It wasn't because they were money changers, and it wasn't because they were selling animals. Where it was happening. I'm a religious leader. I, actually, I'm a political leader. And Lynn Kentfield sells cattle. And he sells goats and sheep. But I don't like Lynn Kentfield. So I'm going to keep Lynn Kentfield where he belongs, on the Mount of Olives. Roger Sloan, he's a swell guy. I like him. As a political favor to Roger and to help grease some wheels, I'm going to let Roger come into the temple grounds because I can. This is political cronyism. I actually like Lynn Kentfield quite a lot. I can pick on Lynn because I hope you all know that I actually like Lynn immensely. This is base politics being brought into the temple. And it ticks Jesus off something awful. And he makes a symbolic gesture. He clears the temple one time. The next day he shows back up, he doesn't do it again. He's made his point. Okay? What he's doing is symbolic. He cleans out the temple saying, this is wrong. Now, 
We live in a situation where how many of you go to the temple and sacrifice your pigeons and your goats and your sheep? Oh, yeah, okay. All right, you just raised your hand. That was a really foolish move because I, I could press you on this, but I won't. Peter, I won't press Peter on this. We don't live in that world. We don't want to live in that world. And what was, what's interesting is, according to Paul, where is the new temple? Yeah, it's right here. And I learned something last week, uh, which was kind of cool for me because I had never run across this before. But when the first temple, when Solomon's temple was dedicated, the Shekinah of God, the fire of God, comes into the temple and just fills the temple with fire and light and God's power, and wow! Okay? Big stuff. After the Babylonians came in and destroyed the temple and it got rebuilt and the people who remembered the old temple, what did they do? They wept. When they looked at the second temple, you know, in comparison to the first temple, and they wept. But no light, no fire, the Shekinah God did not come in the second temple. And if we are the new temple, remember a day that we celebrate 40 days after Easter? 50 days, actually, Penta, sorry. I need to get my mathematics right. Penta cost, what comes down? Tongues as of fire come down on us. We are the temple now. We are the temple. So here's my question to us, and this was all background because I do kind of want you to understand the temple world so that you kind of get that. Do we need to clear our own temples and our own temple grounds? Are we in need of a little clearing out? Have we sold out? How many of you eat what you shouldn't eat? Yeah, there we go. I love it when she's here because June just laughed like, ooh, that's me. Yeah. I tell you what, I, I was a competitive athlete. I was a competitive swimmer for 17 years. I swam five miles a day. Yeah, stupidity incarnate is your pester. And now I have a hard time getting myself to go to the pool. And I know when I don't, I feel terrible. And when I feel terrible, I eat more. And when I eat more... You know what, let's have a glass of wine. And one glass of wine feels very lonely. <laughs> one glass of wine feels very lonely and, and, and searches for another. So it, it can have a friend. And I'm not one to reject friends. So that happens, and then, and then you feel a little, uh, And then, well, then you start craving fat. Then potato chips start sounding really good. And then the fat kicks in, and then I start craving sugar, and then the whole thing snowballs. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Some of you look really healthy, and you're going, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Bless you, bless you, bless you. I have kicked the money changers out. All the coaches that have been in my life, I have kicked them out of my temple grounds. All the nutritionists, you know, all the doctors, it's like, you know, you go to the dentist, and they make you lie to him. Have you been flossing regularly? regularly hmm no of course not 
I, you know, I, you know, as soon as I leave the doctor's office, the dentist's office, it's like, he flossed the heck out of my teeth. I'm good for at least a month. You know, there's nothing that could possibly happen for at least a month. And then it's like about four weeks before, it's like, ooh, I better start flossing again. You know, and then it turns into three and two and whatever. But you get my point, right? We have people in our lives who tell us, you know, you can move those sheep and those goats and whatever you're sacrificing to do whatever magical thing you think you're doing. You don't need to be here. Can, can, can we do this? And I say, you know, I, I, I let him stay. I let him stay. And I think it's time that we follow Jesus' examples in our own temple and say, clear the temple grounds. Not because we're morally pure, but because our temple is our temple. That's where God hangs out. I mean, do we know this? I mean, remember the scapegoat? I mean, you've heard of scapegoat? A goat was on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, ceremonially, ritually, all the sins of, of the people were put on a goat and it was sent out into the desert to die. And all of our sins would die with us. Wouldn't it be great if it worked that way? I would be awesome. I would chip in for a goat like that. It don't work that way. And we have a temple where we're trying to sacrifice stupid things. I'll give up this and then I'll, feel, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be brought closer to God if I suffer. We're in Lent. So many people think this way. God will feel better about me if I feel worse about myself. Yeah, that's the way we feel about our kids. I want my child to suffer like I suffered. And when my child suffers the way I suffered, then I'll like my child. Who thinks this way? We have these people in our courtyards, in our spiritual house, that are telling us nonsense, and we're letting them stay. What are the things in your life, in your spiritual courthouse, courtyard, that you have allowed to hang out? What are those things, and are you willing to pick up your cord <laughs> and chase them out and turn over the tables? Are we prepared to do that? Do we even want to do that? And that's, <laughs> the, you know, we, even if we can, if we don't want to, it doesn't matter. Do we want to do that? And this is not about moral purity, folks. This is about letting God's presence and God's Shekinah, God's light just shine. Because I don't know about you, but there are times when I just I feel God's light welling in me, and it's like, I don't want to draw attention to myself. I'll just put a couple blankets on that. Or I'll go and I'll hang out in the basement. Because when you shine sometimes... It's a drag. I mean, when I was in high school, I mean, I was one of those, I was truly a nerdy kid. I mean, I swam and I worked and I studied and I went to youth group and sang in the church choir. I was one of these. You know, I never got invited to a party where they drank and had fun. 
It didn't happen. People don't want me there. They didn't. My son's the same way. I'm so lucky. Oh my God, I can't tell you how lucky I feel. Because he's not doing the stupid stuff that some of the other people are doing. But you know, you feel like when I let my light shine, then nobody wants to be around me. Fortunately, here I'm paid for it. At least I hope so. I haven't checked my bank account lately, but I'm assuming so. Just kidding. Do we want our light to shine? Do we want to get rid of all of those who keep our light from shining? Do we want to even do this? Do we have the courage of Jesus in our own lives to pick up our cords and chase out those who are money changers in our lives? And only you can answer those questions. I suspect I am not the only one in this room who has a full courtyard. And the great thing, and this is, I truly believe this, you cannot do this by yourself. You cannot do this alone. You need somebody to say, when you're making the effort to say, oh God, I've been there. What you're going through, that's tough. Let's talk about it once a week shall we? Whenever two or three are gathered in God's name, there I am. Let's talk about that. Let's be a body of Christ with one another, for one another, in one another, through one another. As a community, we can do this. As individuals, we will fail. There is no way that that boy in the hood without boxing and somebody paying $100 a month to somebody who's used to making a whole lot more than $100 a month can escape the gangs. He can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it by himself. Nobody can. It takes a community. It takes a village. And for us to be the village we need to get rid of all of those people in our courtyards. And we can do it together. Amen.